Welcome into another edition of the Stripe Show podcast. Uh, just want to say real quick, thank you for the month of October. And maybe October was really big because we had uh, Jason Kokrek on, which we're going to have him on again today. October was our biggest month and we appreciate it. And we're excited about the future here at Stripe Show. And remember, you can help us out even more. Subscribe, leave a comment, leave a ranking. It goes a long ways to, uh, you know, kind of moving us up in the algorithm. And tell your friends about us because we are just getting started. We're brought to you by Encore. They design high-performance golf balls for players of all skill levels and swing speeds so get fitted for your perfect golf ball at Encore Golf. So yes, October was a really a, a big month for us, but may have been because October 19th we had this guy on and so uh he just had a big Sunday at the Houston Open. Jason Kokrak, thanks for joining us again, man. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, always fun to be on the show. What a uh, what a week, man. Ah, uh, yeah, I um Definitely didn't see this one coming, but uh, nonetheless, it was uh, it was a good outcome. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe you remember where were you after round one? Uh, I sh- after round one, I was two under par. Um, you know, kind of plotting along. I knew that the golf course was playing pretty tough. Uh, you know, last year I think twelve under one. Uh, so it's just uh, I just knew that you didn't have to really kill the golf course to to kind of stay in the hunt. So. Um, yeah, not too bad after round one. I had a little bit of a slump there, and uh, the, uh, to end my my second round with uh, the delay on uh, right. Saturday. But um, needless to say, I was uh, a great outcome. But on Tuesday, I hit it so bad in the practice round that I th- I contemplated withdrawing from the tournament, which is kind of crazy. So I uh, you know I called uh, my swing coach Drew Steckel. Uh, got my earbud in, kind of hit some balls on the range with uh, him in my ear, D-Rob taking uh, a couple videos or whatever. And, you know, I told him for the last couple of weeks that I, I knew I wasn't far off. Like I knew it, it was just something small or just a feel that I needed to, to, to get back to. And uh, I think we've uh, made that adjustment and got back to uh, hitting a little bit more of a draw. Wow. So Tuesday you almost withdraw and then Sunday you're the guy standing there at the end holding the trophy. What what, was he able to, what changed? Um, you know, nothing really. It was just, uh, I was getting a little bit, uh, too much leg drive. Uh, I tend to kind of straighten my right leg out. And then when I rebend it, it kind of changes, uh, changes my swing plane a little bit and I kind of get a little wipey, uh, with it. So I just tried to sit back in that right knee and, and shallow, shallow it out a little bit more and uh, start hitting a little bit more of uh, a draw uh, base shot instead of trying to hit everything a little straighter. Are you are you trying to straighten your right leg on the backswing or do you want to keep a little flex in that? Because I see some guys like Brooks, he <clears> appears <throat> to keep all the flex. Or like he's trying to keep all the flex. And then you see some guys yeah. really go up and straighten. I would, I, I'm not trying to like keep it. Uh, like Brooks, like real stagnant, but, um, I def, you definitely have to k- keep it bent a little bit more in my backswing. I'm a tall guy. I'm going to have to have a little bit of mo- uh, motion, uh, there, but, uh, I just tried to kind of sit back into that right knee, which kind of keeps me a little bit more level. You know, when you straighten that out, you actually have to rebend it on the way down and it, you know, there's, that's just a, a lot, way too much movement in the, in the golf swing, uh, to, to compete out on the PJ tour. Does your, ten, does your uh, swing tend to get a little long if your right leg does straighten and your hip starts working too high? Well, your right hip gets high. And then when you rebend it, it kind of, it sinks back down, which, you know, you're, it, it'll 
be hard to get back down to the ball and bottom it out in the same spot. Like if you're straightening that leg and, you know, your right hip will come up and then it goes down it changes, you know, where you're going to bottom out and where, uh, where the angle of attack is. Well, that's encouraging though. I mean, cause as an amateur, we go out there and I feel like some days I've got it. Like I figured this game out. I got it. I'm going to play well. <laughs> And then, you know how it is, you go out and you play terrible and you think you're never going to hit it good again. And it, 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 so it's, it is a little encouraging that on Tuesday you were thinking, hey, maybe I shouldn't even play this week. And then yeah. Sunday you're standing there holding the trophy. Yeah, I, um, it, it was just kind of came full circle. I, you know, I, as I said, uh, I told Drew, I told D-Rob, I'm like, I know we're not far off, but, you know, it was just kind of mentally, uh, you know, it was mentally draining and emotionally, you know, it, it was just not encouraging to, to know that I'm like really close to playing good golf, but you know, just not driving it as well and not hitting as many fairways. And that was a week that you needed to hit a lot of fairways because it was a long, uh, long golf course. Um, and it was very, very, very tough around chipping around the, those greens with a lot, all the runoffs and everything else. What was it playing? Like 73, 74? Yeah, about 74. I think, um, wow. a couple of, and it was wet. We had a bunch of rain, uh, Thursday. So it was kind of one of those things that it was, uh, it played about as long as possible. It was, the greens weren't quite as firm, I guess, as last year. I didn't play last year, but a lot of the guys said the greens were absolutely rock hard. So, um, but being a high ball hitter around that place, I was able to attack some pins and hold some greens that, uh, some of the other guys couldn't, but nonetheless, it was, uh, you know, Houston open was great, uh, great time. Always nice to come out with a victory. The uh, that finished 13, 14, 15, and 16 you made some nice putts, but on 16, not really your normal way of, of, of playing a par five. You hit a great drive, yeah. And then instead of going for it, you decide to lay up. Yes, I know the wedge shot to, to a couple of feet and you tapped in for birdie. Yeah. Was that a big decision for you? Did you want to go for it? Uh, I was a hundred percent gonna go for it, it was a perfect number. Uh, perfect seven wood middle of the green wouldn't have had a problem anywhere, but uh, there was a little bit of mud on the back of my ball. Mm -hmm. Not enough that I, I think it was, I don't think it would have affected the shot, but mentally uh, it was in the back of my mind. So, right. you know, I wanted to be a hundred percent on the shot that, uh, you know, I was trying to hit. So I didn't want uh, anything like that. I mean, I knew I was wedging it good, hit my irons good. I laid it up on uh, 13 as well, which I probably could have gotten to the front of the green, but if you miss it left or right, it's a, it's a very difficult chip. Right. Uh, I, I laid it back, gave myself a full full shot in, and uh, rolled in a nice putt, which gave me, which gave me a lot of confidence there. But um, yeah, I laid it up actually with like a a pitching wedge, and then I had you know one I think one twenty one hole uh, for my third, so that was a good number, a little bit a little bit of help, and uh, just a sand wedge. A decision like that is that kind of, obviously you're the CEO, it comes down to you. But how much does the caddy play into that decision making process? Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, we both know where, where each other stand when we're coming down the stretch. So, you know, he was an absolute stud all day that never really, you know, it, no indecision whatsoever. Just, he knew exactly, but he kind of in, in anticipates what I'm going to, what I'm feeling or where I'm going to go with uh, a shot. So he, he knows that, uh, my game, I would have loved to go for that par five and two, but, um, I think, uh, we just, we work so well together. We know each other. We've been together, uh, coming up on five years now. So it's, wow. uh, it's, uh, it's a good, good process. And, um, uh, I think we're both good for each other. 
Uh, Jason, we're talking three wins in 13 months. Now, it did take you 233 starts to get your first win on the PGA Tour, which is, you know what? Listen, that's, I mean, listen, there's plenty of guys that play and don't win. So you got your first win. And then now two more in the last 26 starts. I mean, that really, did, did something just click? Has it, has it become, I hate to use the term easy. Has it become a little easier than it was when you started? Well, I, uh, I said, it, uh, yesterday I've always, I was always a slow learner. So I, uh, but once I figured out, uh, the floodgates open. So, um, I think it's just a little bit of a confidence thing and being more comfortable in that situation. Um, you know, not getting my first win for all those years, uh, was, you know, kind of weighing on me, but at the end of the day, I think, um, you know, when I, when I smell blood in the water, that's, you know, kind of, I, I know my game. I, I, I'm a little bit more confident. I'm rolling the putter as, be, uh, as good as I ever have, um, drove it really well. So when, when, uh, when the putter's hot and you're hitting fairways, uh, the game gets pretty easy. But then again, as soon as you think you have, have this game licked, uh, you're going to turn right back around and it's, um, uh, it's not going to work. So, uh, trust me, I know exactly how that works. The day you think you got it and you drive home from the golf course, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. You think, I mean, as soon as like, as I said, Tuesday, I was withdrawn from the tournament, something clicked a little bit of confidence, rolling a few putts and, you know, you're playing a, a tough golf course that, you know, if you miss a green, you're probably going to make a bogey. So, um, you know, just, uh, all those things, uh, I just try to, you know, keep, keep everything in front of me and just let it happen, you know, just control what I can control. How much do you think your distance uh, played in a factor helping you obviously it being a big ballpark being 7,400 yards. That was obviously something that played in your favor versus guys who were hitting it a little shorter. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, hit, hitting fairways was a, was a key out there, but I think more so that I was able to hit, you know, the, the ball flight that I have is pretty high in, in consideration to, you know, some of the other guys out, out there on tour. But so, you know, I'm able to stop a six iron within 10 or 15 feet, which, which is, you know, normally a guy's like nine iron or eight iron or something like that. So I, I hit it high and it was easy for me to, you know, attack some of the, the pin placements that, uh, you know, over a bunker or there's a drop off after number 12 that, you know, it was an incredibly tough little chip shot there. So, um, you know, length helps. Um, I think Phil said it the best. It says you, you can be a great golfer, but to be an elite golfer, speed helps. Oh, for sure. Without a doubt. At what point in the round on Sunday, because you weren't leading going into Sunday. I think Scheffler had the 54 mm -hmm. hole lead. So at what yeah. point in your round did you think, hey, wait a second, I got a chance at this thing. Was it after the like, was it after 13, 14? Well, I know, I think it was, uh, you know, I, I just knew that the back nine was a little bit more difficult, uh, than the front. I, I played the front nine really well all week. Um, so, you know, the back nine plays a little tougher There's a long par four into the wind, you know, some, the, the short par three, it was uh, kind of a really tough little par three with that front right position. Uh, yeah, it was real position. front right. And I noticed I, when you hit it, it looked a like it was going to be, but you never looked questionable, but it was dead pin high, just a little, uh, just a little right of the yeah. pin. I don't think I hit it quite as hard as I wanted to, but um, I had a similar number, uh, not the same win, similar number into uh, 13. Mm -hmm. uh, hit a little gap wedge and, 
you know, I, I felt comfortable with the number, felt comfortable with the shot and I just hit the the same club a couple holes before. So, um, you know, I, all I said, I was like, I think that's the, that was the whole after rolling in the birdie on 14 going into 15, I knew that was going to be the, the changing direction. If I could, uh, get it down in three there, possibly make birdie on the par five or, you know, 17 was a tough pin position, but not, not nothing crazy. I mean, it was a seven iron and a nine green. So, uh, and then 18 played exponentially easier. It played into the wind all week and I hit five, six iron into that green. Um, you know, well, Thursday through Saturday and then uh, Sunday it was downwind. So I driver wedge. You know, as far as your stock yardages go, and I, I played golf actually yesterday in a charity event with Jim Furyk, and he was talking about how much the game has changed from back in the day when he started playing, when he was a rookie on tour to where it is now and how there are different shots. Like Jim's like, you would be shocked at how many different yardages a five iron is. He's like, you know, you've got, mm-hmm. for example, as an amateur, I've got a number in my head, five iron, that's what I'm going to hit. But I'm sure you, a, yeah. a five iron could be probably a 20 or 30 yard range in, in, in your mind. If you didn't knock it down, hit it high, hit it low, cut, draw, whatever, mm-hmm. right? There, There's just so many different shots. I think the game's changed because, you know, guys, uh, you know, but like when I was a kid, we were playing a balada golf ball or a professional and the golf ball spun a lot more. And you're able to curve it a lot more. So you, you kind of had a bunch of different numbers and the golf ball that, you know, the clubs and everything doesn't really, uh, you know, it doesn't curve as much. It's not, it's not designed to. So, has that um, made the game yeah, easier? I think, um, has that I made the game easier? Not now, but I, I, for me, um, I, without, I mean, I like to curve, I like to see the ball curve from right to left. But I also like to hit, you know, I try to flight it a little bit. I, I used to be able to hit it really low, but I don't hit it nearly as low anymore. Can you hit it low if you need to into the wind? Um, I, sometimes I struggle with that, but, um, you know, normally I just uh, grip down, take one extra club, swing smooth. So my tendency is to try to f- force it uh, under the wind and that just creates more spin and it, it climbs, it climbs way up into the sky. So I try to swing a little bit smoother, but you know, as you said, yeah, I have, you know, probably I have like three or four numbers with each wedge. Um, you know, I have a, I have another gear as D Rob calls it that I can pretty much hit. I can probably get another five to five to 12 out of each club. If I, if need be. Wow. So that's when you really want to step on it. Now, are you losing some accuracy when you do that? Um, yeah, I, I can for sure. But I, I tend to, you know, kind of put it, uh, you know, I just kind of reach back a little bit more and, you know, I, I try to shallow it out and lean the club. So, you know, I'm taking a couple degrees of loft off of it. So, but, uh, you know, the, in the same spectrum, if I, if I'm trying to, you know, saw it off or, you know, grip down or put it up in my stance, I tend to actually hit it a little bit shorter when I try to hit it super high. Mm-hmm. So I, th- those are kind of the, you know, you just have to know what your what your game entails. I mean, there's some guys that just have a, you know, a stock yardage for every club and they, right. they can't really do much, like another couple yards out of it. But uh, you know, there's uh, there's only a few guys that really can step on it and, and hit it a lot, a, well, a lot further. Now, Jason, you already hit it far. Obviously that's not an issue. Do you ever work on trying to hit it further? So, sorry, you broke up there. What's that? Do you ever work on trying to hit it further? Oh, um, you know, I, with Bryson and all these guys, you know, 
really trying to hit it further. Yeah. I, I flirted with, you know, using a longer driver, but you know, I, I used to hit it, you know, 15 to 20 yards further than I do now. And the accuracy is just not there. I already hit it plenty long enough. Right. Uh, you know, when I get a little bit of confidence and, you know, swinging at it well, that's where that's I think that's where the speed comes from is more confidence uh, in, you know, freeing up your golf swing. You can swing a little bit faster. But, um, yeah, everybody would like to hit it a little bit further, but it's not really not really something that I was concentrating on. Now, the driver change, are they going to back us up to 46? I know some people are playing 47 inch drivers. Some are not. Is the, is the rule change going to affect you at all? Not, not in the least. Uh, my driver's 44 and five eighths finished. So it's uh, a little shorter than, uh, normal, but you know, 45, 45 inches to the end of the grip. So, um, I don't plan on doing anything else. Yeah. I have a couple drivers in the basement that are a little bit longer that, you know, sometimes I, I mess around with and yeah, I hit them a little bit further, but you know, when you add just an inch or, you know, just something small like that, it does change, you know, your golf swing a little bit and it's, I think it's harder to, to, to swing that golf club with being that long. So if you can do it, hit it further and still keep your accuracy, you know, I'm all for that. But I think for me finding the right driver shaft combination and hitting it straight, I mean, if I want to hit it further, I'm, I'm a big guy, six, four, I can create a lot of speed if I need to, but, um, you know, since I got out on tour, I've kind of slowly gotten a little bit shorter. Um, but I am trying to be more accurate than, than hit it, hit it far, you know, a big golf course that doesn't have a whole lot of rough. Yeah. I can, I can lean on it a little bit more, but I'm not, uh, I'm not actively trying to, you know, gain 20, 30 yards, you know, over a, a couple months, uh, stretch or whatever. When you stand up on a tee box, you're ready to tee off. You're, are you swinging 80, 85, 90%? You're not going at it all out. No, I mean, I'm probably, I'm probably 70. 70%. Wow. wow. So smooth. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. It, that's good. I mean, uh, w- I think uh, my fastest club head speed was like 134. Uh, when I, uh, when I was in college coming out of college, you know, I worked out a lot. You suggest absolutely unleash on the golf ball, but right. you know, I didn't, I, I, my accuracy was so so bad. So I, uh, you know, I knew if I wanted to be, you know, a top hundred player in the world, uh, I needed to hit it straighter. Would you say that that's something that's changed maybe from the first two thirty three to now the last 26 starts? Would you say that that's something that's changed where you have dialed it back and maybe that's, that's why you're winning. It's, it's, it's such a great clip now. Yeah, I think, uh, that has something to do with it, but I think, uh, the combination of, you know, having D Rob on the bag, reading putts, you know, giving me that confidence and freeing me up that I know that we have a, a great read. And, you know, the, I was 150th, 180th on tour and putting, and now I'm top 10. So I think cool. that's the, that's the great equalizer there. It really is. Everybody seems to, you know, what is it to drive for show and putt for dope, but you can do both when you can do both, you can win. Um, yep. So much talk about length and changing the golf ball and changing golf clubs and having different rules for amateurs versus pros. Where do you stand on all this? I mean, if you're, uh, if you're on a perspective of trying to grow the game, uh, you know, I, I don't really think it's necessary for, you know, people to limit the golf ball. I think technology is only going to get better. So, I mean, we're going to hit it further and further. 
Um, you know, if you look at, you know, the old school guys that, you know, the, the athletes that are being put out on the PGA tour. Now the guys are so much bigger, stronger, right. and you know, they're, they're we're going to be able to hit it further. I mean, if you look at the NFL or you look at the NBA, it, it, it doesn't matter across all sports, guys are getting bigger, faster, and stronger all the time. So I, I think, uh, at, from an amateur standpoint, everybody wants to hit it far. Everybody wants to hit it straight. But uh, I, I think if you're trying to grow the game of golf and build it up, uh, you know, hit it, hit it as far as you can. Don't don't limit anything. I mean, they had the trampoline effect drivers there for a while that some of the am- amateurs were using. But, you know, I think they messed around with the V grooves um, or the square grooves there for a while for the PGA Tour players. And then that's kind of when the bomb and gouge type golf started and then when they went back to you know the the that groove rule and you had to hit more fairways and uh i think with course setup is one thing i mean if you want to limit the players that are hitting it far tighten up the fairways you know grow the rough up make the greens firm i think that's uh i think that's the the way to make golf more difficult not not to make us hit it shorter yeah, I agree with you 100%. Because I don't know any amateur that says, I just hit the ball too far. I wish I hit it a little shorter. No, no, there's, there's nobody I play with that has that problem. I'm pretty no. sure nobody you play with has that problem either. No, no, no. I uh, play with my buddies back here in uh, in Hudson at home. And I mean, they all want to hit it far, far, right. farther there. So, and I think that's what makes the game fun. Like when you can, you know, talk a little trash and out drive your friends or, you know, do do some stuff with the golf ball that, you know, most people right. can't. Uh, that it brings a whole new, new dynamic to to the game of golf and i'm all for uh hitting it far and having some fun yeah i mean if you remember last year at the uh at bay hill the whole thing was about was bryson going to drive that green uh that par five and i know he hit it yeah. in a bunker but he still carried it i mean it, it, it made people watch it was it was a must-see moment and then next week at the players here in ponte Vedra where i am they had to make a rule where he couldn't hit it left of 18 over in the south I mean, and i mean so people want to see somebody hit the ball a long ways that's what they want to yeah. see yeah, it's fun to watch guys. Even uh, when I'm uh, out on the range, uh, I'll just watch Bryson hit a couple balls. It's just, it's crazy what he's doing with the golf ball. It's it's impressive that he's able to hit it that far. And, and that, that straight. <laughs> I don't understand at Bay Hill last year, everybody freaking out. He didn't actually drive the green. No. He hit it to the right of the green. He carried the water. That was the only thing he did. Like, right. people, people have done that, uh, you know, before. Like, Rory takes... Uh, not that line, but you know, a line that's similar 30 yards, 40 yards, right of that. And you know, that's, that's where the, you know, and you can have a short iron into a par five, which, you know, but if you have a short iron into a par five or a wedge into a par five out of the rough, it's, you know, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, no matter what you do, I mean, he drove it up there to a front right pin, which, you know, being in the, uh, being in the fairway would have been ideal, but you know, it is what it is. It's fun to watch. It is. It is fun to watch. And that's, I hope they don't take that away because I believe that it puts more eyes on the sport. More eyes on the sport is, is, is always a good thing. And speaking of, of other rule changes and things that are going on in the game of golf, the Saudi back to Asian tour with Greg Norman, is that something you would be interested in? Would it be a money play? Like, like where do you stand on this whole deal? Um, you know, I think competition is good for, for anybody. So I, you know, I don't think the PGA tour is too, uh, overly happy about it, but all that this is going to do is, you know, create more of a, more of a buzz, more money, uh, flowing into the PGA tour, which in, entails more money for us at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, if it makes sense money wise, I think, um, you know, the, the league could be, 
good for both parties. Um, you know, if you look at like sports, you, you look at NFL, you look at all these other major sports, these guys are making hundreds of millions of dollars. And I think the PGA tour is just not, uh, not dishing out the, the money where, where it needs to go. I mean, we do donate more to charity than all other major sports combined, which is great. But for sure, you know, if you look at you know, the guaranteed money, if I go out there and miss 20 straight cuts, I don't get any guaranteed money. Like it's nope. zero. Right. And then I have to pay my caddy. I pay my all, all my own flights. I don't have, I don't have an owner that's paying for, you know, my training, my food, my air travel, my hotel, this, that, and the other thing. So, you know, I'm an independent contractor and, you know, I'm still being told what to do. And, um, you know, if the PGA tour wants to start paying, paying us as such, then they can start telling us what to do. And I think that's where the Saudis, um, and Greg Norman are, you know, going in that direction of getting more guaranteed money. And if it makes sense, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, uh, it would be more of a money grab, but, um, in return, you know, we're only going to play, you know, 15, 14, 15, 16, however many events. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just going to grow the game and, uh, you know, make the PJ tour and make, uh, make golf, a, a you know, a bigger global sport. It's definitely something to keep an eye on. I mean, I, I, it, it, it's hard to trust the Saudi backed money and know that everything's going to continue. And I know that the tour has said that maybe if you play that tour, you won't be able to come back and play the PGA tour. So it is going to be interesting to see where it goes from where we are right now. Yeah, I, uh, I, I completely agree. I, I think there's a lot of, uh, outlandish things being said, um, that I just don't, uh, don't agree with. I mean, we're all independent contractors and for the tour basically to say that you can't come back if you go play this tour that they're just trying to create a monopoly. And I, I just don't think that's, uh, that's the way to, to, to grow the game regardless of, uh, you know, the competition standing on the other side. But don't they also have to protect their entity? Well, without a doubt. I mean, you want to protect, you know, the, the game, their, their sport and their, their, uh, their drive. They don't want to lose their big name players, but right. you know, cash is King and, you know, uh, uh, to be financially stable and uh, almost be able to retire on, you know, some guaranteed money that, you know, the PJ tour really isn't offering right now. I mean, I have to go out there and earn it myself on, on the golf course. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I'd like to watch, like sit back, watch my kids grow up, uh, you know, as I'm doing right now, but you know, the, the, with more and more events going on on the PGA tour and less time off, you know, it, it wears on a player after a while. So you see so many more play. I don't think you'll see the, you know, the guys that play on the PGA tour for 20, 25 years anymore. I think you'll see, you know, shorter stints, uh, of players. Uh, you know, I've talked to a couple that said, you know, I'd like to be done by 42, 40, 45 years old and, you know, uh, ha- have some time to, to enjoy life, enjoy your kids and just, you know, be, be a regular person instead of just grinding it out for 30 plus weeks a year. Yeah. I've talked to some tour players and they say they love playing golf. Yeah. They lo- love the aspects and everything that's going on. However, the travel, of, you know, getting on a plane and going and hotel and this and that, that's what's taxing. Not exactly just the playing golf part. The playing golf part's the fun part. Yeah. The golf, I love playing golf. I, you know, I, it's not like I'm going to hang up golf and quit altogether. I'm still going to play, enjoy myself. But, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, we're forced to play. Like I, I hope we go back to the old way of, you know, playing from January to the tour championship and then having a few events in the fall, if you'd like to play, 
But right. now there's so many, there's so many events that if you don't play, you're so far behind the eight ball right. with uh, from a FedEx cup uh, standpoint, the points list that uh, it's, it's hard not to play. And the, I think the tour re- re- wants more guys to have opportunities to play, but with all the more events with the bigger name guys playing, it, it takes away from, you know, the, the rookies and some of the other guys that don't get quite as many starts as they, they did before. Yeah, the fall series used to be their time to kind of make their bread yeah. while the while the big boys like yourself and, and and other guys were, you know, taking time off. But Jason, maybe people don't understand really what what does a week entail for you? So if you're home and you you're not playing an event and ends on a Sunday, the next day's Monday. Do you leave on that Monday for the for the next event? Um, I, I either leave that that I mean well, yesterday, I mean, I was planning on playing RSM. So, I mean, at, before Brooks uh, called me, I would have probably got hopped on a plane um, Sunday night, traveled till you know, 9, 10 o'clock at night, got into my hotel room, and, you know, it, it starts all over again. You just kind of get up, and it's a new golf course, new state, new place, and, you know, it's just uh, it's the same thing week in and week out. But normally, uh, normally I try to, try, you know, take – Monday as like the travel day or, you know, but you're still like, not home with your family on that Monday. Yeah. But, but I mean, I don't, I mean, if you miss a cut, you can, you can get away with flying home and then coming back out. But, um, you know, if I tried to fly home Sunday night, be home all day, Monday, and then fly back out on Tuesday to get a practice round pro am and whatnot. But right. I've got three, three weeks in a row. Uh, I'm gone three straight weeks, Monday, Monday to Sunday. So, it's not like I have too much uh, downtime playing, you know, 72 holes from Thursday to Sunday, but I got the pro-am uh, Wednesday. That's mandatory from the, from the tour. And then Tuesday's normally a, uh, you know, practice day. And then Sunday or Monday is kind of like the, you can practice you. There is normally a pro-am on Mondays too, but um, that's sort of my debt, my day to either travel and, or, you know, work on the things that I need to work on. Right. So it's a lot more than just playing golf on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's and see that that's what we that's what we see, and it's very much like the NFL is different too. You we, we just see a game on Sunday. There's a lot more that goes into it, but oh, yeah. there's, there's travel and there's practice rounds and, and like you said, the pro am is mandatory. You have to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, pro am is always 18 holes, correct? Uh, they're doing nine and nine now, which I think is uh, great because I thought it was a uh, you know not ridiculous, but I mean to to ask the the players to play on Wednesday and be out there for five and a half six hours seven hours with, you know, a little bit of a warm up the day before you're going to, you know, play for your living is, you know, that's a, right. that's a ask for. So I think it's, it's better for both parties. It's better for us. Um, we nine holes and it's, I think it's better for the amateurs too, because they get to uh, meet and hang out with and talk to two different PJ tour pros as opposed to, you know, just one, if you know, the 18 old pro-ams are not too, not too bad if you get a good group, but right. you know, sometimes, sometimes that's not the case. No, I know. Trust me. I've seen some guys that go to pro-ams and they're there for one thing to see how much alcohol they can drink. And they just want to cut it up with the pro. I completely know what you're saying, but the pro-am for you is not as much. You're not really able to practice as much and really get ready for your round. You're doing more entertaining than you are really practicing and preparing for the round. Correct. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, my thing lately has been Tuesday. I play nine holes. I figure out which nine I'm going to play in the pro-am and I play the opposite nine on Tuesday. And then, uh, you know, I, I hit a bunch of putts during that, uh, practice round or whatever, but during the pro-am, I don't have that. I don't have that time to chip around all the greens or hit putts to different sections. I'll hit a few, but 
of the time, you know, I I'm out there entertaining or, you know, talking to giving the guy. tips to a guy with an awful golf swing. <laughs> yeah. Giving the, giving the pro tips of how not to slice it or duff it or hook it or whatever. So <laughs> nonetheless, man, I, you have to, you have to enjoy it. And yeah. uh, that, no, those programs are fun. It, it, it is entertaining for the guys. So before we let you go, we do a quick, what we call an E9. We'll get a quick nine in. I'm going to ask you nine quick questions and you just tell me the first answer that comes to your mind. All right. Shoot. Here we go. Popeye's chicken sandwich or a McDonald's McRib kind of guy? Uh, Popeye's. Popeye's. I like the fried chicken sandwich. All right. Would you rather drive it long or just dead straight? Long. Long than you already do. So you got that. Uh, your musical taste on the golf course, rock, hip hop, country, or something else? Uh, I listen to a lot of hip hop, a lot of rock, uh, not too much country, not too much, uh, favorite player to be paired with on the PGA tour. Mm, that's a tough one. Uh, do, practice round or tournament round. Give me both. <laughs> uh, turn, I, I like playing with, you know, uh, my buddies out on tour. Like I like playing practice rounds with Brooks or Perez, um, you know, guys that I can cut it up with and have right. a good time. You're, you're out there for five and a half, almost right. six. Hours. And if you get a guy that doesn't want to talk to you or is boring, then, you know, it, it makes for an even longer day. So you know, kind of, you know, talking to the guys, cut it up a little bit. All right, you know, the next question is who's your least favorite? <laughs> Who do you see on that T-shirt? And you're like, oh, man, I like him, but I don't want to play golf with him all for five hours. Um, P. Reed. Period. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You're not the first one to give that answer. <laughs> You're not the first one. Uh, Starbucks or hotel coffee in the morning? Uh, Starbucks. Starbucks. All right. So you're going to make a trip. All right. Your favorite uh, social media of choice, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram? Uh, well, I don't have TikTok and I don't anymore. So I'd have to go Instagram. Instagram. All right. You got it. Uh, would you rather have a phone call or just have somebody shoot you a text? Um, I'm old school phone call phone call. All right. And then last <laughs> but not least, we're not even to Thanksgiving yet. Is it too early to put up Christmas stuff? Yes. Yes. I agree with you a hundred percent. Let's let, let's let the Turkey get cold first. Yeah. Yeah. Let, at least, uh, at least put it to some to go boxes out before you break out the Christmas stuff. I was at my hotel last week and they were putting up the Christmas tree midweek. I'm like, guys, we haven't had Thanksgiving yet. The pilgrims haven't even come over yet. Come on. We got to relax a little bit before Santa comes down the chimney. Uh, where can we see you playing next? I know you're not playing the RSM this week in Seattle. And then it's kind of, I guess this is golf's version of the off season. So where will we see you again? Shark shootout. Okay. Playing with, yeah. Naples shark shootout and playing with Kevin. Nock. Oh, cool. That's nice. All right. So you'll play that. And then that'll be it before we see you in Hawaii. Uh, yeah. The, the whole th two and a half weeks that, uh, or three weeks. <laughs> somebody's wishing we had a longer off season. I'm just saying, <laughs> I know I want, I, I I'm begging for the longer off season. So we'll see you at the, uh, I'm guessing we'll see you at the champions. We'll see you at the Sony. Uh, I mean, while yeah. you're out there, you might as well play both, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a long trip. So I'm going to play, uh, both out there, but, um, that's at least that's my plan. I really haven't gotten past, uh, I, I don't, I actually, I'm not one of those guys that I, I don't plan out my entire year. You know, if I'm playing good, then, I, you know, I might keep playing. But if, you know, I need a break, I shut it down. Right. Good deal. Well, we'll definitely see you here in March uh, in Ponte Vedra at the players without a doubt. I know that's always on the that's that's got to be up right up there with the the four majors and then the players. That, that's always kind of in, in the mix where everybody wants to play that event. For sure. It's uh, you know, it's our event. Uh, it's, you know, kind of like the fifth major. It's a great golf course. Um, 
love the coming down. just got a lot bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a the biggest. I, it's obviously the biggest purse, but it's uh, it's a lot of fun, uh, you know, to play that golf course and have our kind of home event and, you know, show off a little bit. It is real. Jason, congratulations on your third win at the Houston Open. Uh, good you. luck at the Shark Shootout. Enjoy your little bit of time off, and we will see you in the rest of the 2022 wraparound season. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks, Jason, man. Have a good one, man.